0: opt for bobby miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season and for bryce harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season download the app today and use the code locked on mlb for first deposit match up to hundred dollars again download the app today use the code locked on mlb for first deposit match up to hundred dollars pick more pick less it's that easy you are locked on mets your daily new york mets podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello to all you amazing Mets fans listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day to get this show every day subscribe wherever you get your podcast can also tell your smart device to play podcast locked on Mets I'm very happy to be back in the home studios bringing you this edition after a short little trip I took earlier on this week and what I want to do in the first half of the show today is talk about a couple of players the Mets appear to be interested in and Marvin Gonzalez and Rich Hill Then later on in the second half of the show, I want to talk about MLB Network series of top 10 players right now and how the Mets were featured prominently at various positions throughout this offseason. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsMorizedOnline.com. So on Wednesday... We heard that the Mets have expressed interest in both Marmon Gonzalez and Rich Hill. In doing so, they could potentially add a couple of veterans that certainly fill needs for their roster. We'll start with Marvin Gonzalez. He would be a really good bench piece to round out the roster, and Anthony DeComo was the one that reported that the Mets had showed some interest in Gonzalez. Apparently, the Phillies are also interested in signing Gonzalez. And you may remember that Marlon Gonzalez was a member of the infamous 2017 Houston Astros. And for me, that is the biggest reason not to sign Gonzalez. Not just because of a moral obligation to avoid signing a past cheater. Because, let's be honest, I've campaigned for a Jake Marisnyk signing this offseason because of his defense. J.D. Davis is on the roster And he was also on that 2017 Astros team. But with Gonzalez, I believe his reputation has been completely altered based on that season. If you look at the numbers he put up in 2017, which just happened to be a career year for Marvin Gonzalez, I kind of wonder why. Why would that be? Maybe because he knew what was coming? I don't know. He hit 303 that year with a 337 on on-base percentage and a 530 slugging percentage. Had 23 home runs, 34 doubles, and 90 RBIs. His OPS was 907. His OPS plus was 146. It's almost, I don't know if it's quite as stark as the Brady Anderson steroid season, but that's basically what you're talking about here. Completely different ball player in 2017 than he's been for the rest of his career, honestly. And, He's had some good seasons, and honestly, he does make a lot of sense for the Mets because he fills a lot of needs. He can play all over the diamond and play above-average defense all over the diamond. The Mets could slot him in as that utility infielder alongside Luis Guillerme and Gonzalez play some outfield too. So it makes some sense. Still, looking at his career, the fact that this guy is considered a good hitter It is based very strongly off of that one season that has kind of buoyed the rest of what's been a mediocre offensive career. His career OPS is 698. In his two seasons with the Twins, his OPS was 698. That's the guy that he is. It's not bad for a utility guy. Totally passable player. Really good bench bat. He's a switch hitter. But the idea that he's a super utility player, that's where 2017 really changed his perception. Because if you take that one season out, his career OPS drops by 30 points. So that was really a big difference in his career. And ultimately, he landed a two-year, $21 million deal with the Twins, partially based off of that season. Although he became a free agent after the 2018 season, which was a little bit more of a normal year. For Gonzalez. So you look at what he brings to the Mets potentially. Clearly, this is a player that could help them, but I'd almost like to see them re sign as Dribble Cabrera, have a reunion with him over maybe paying more to get Gonzalez. But hey, that's just my opinion. Now, Rich Hill is a left handed starting pitcher that could certainly interest the Mets. You look at his career, he has dealt with some injuries, obviously. You don't know if you're going to get 30 starts out of Rich Hill, but you look at the numbers he's posted over the last couple of years. 303 ERA with the Twins last season and 8 starts. 13 starts in 2019 with the Dodgers, 245 ERA. 24 starts in 2018, 366 ERA. 25 starts in 2017, 332 ERA. He's been very good. The Mets can probably get him cheap, throw him into that list of starting pitchers, vying for those last spots in the rotation and this is a guy when healthy who would definitely warrant one of those spots so it makes a lot of sense that the Mets ultimately sign him the one concern with Hill is that he is older he would be 41 at the start of this upcoming season so that's definitely something to think about but I don't think the Mets would be signing Hill with the idea of him making a start every fifth day they got that that'd be great but if you look at Ridge Hill as a bridge to Noah Syndergaard, the signing makes a lot of sense. If you can get a healthy April, May, June out of Rich Hill before he starts to break down, and you have Noah Syndergaard to take that spot in the rotation, I think that's a really good move for the Mets. So if you look at all of the starting pitchers left, clearly Trevor Bauer is the name that's still being floated who would improve the Mets' rotation significantly. Jake is still out there, but it doesn't appear that the Mets are really shopping in those waters anymore. I don't know if the talks that they had earlier in the offseason were too far apart, but we haven't heard much about Odorizzi recently. I mean, James Paxton's still out there. There's obviously a big glut of starting pitchers when it comes to those lower tiers of buy-low big-name guys, really. If you look at Jake Arrieta and John Lester and Cole Hamels, there's a lot of those guys that are still out there. I believe Julio Tehran's still out there. So there's a lot of names that can be brought in. And Rich Hill certainly is a name. He's had some great success with the Dodgers. And you know he has been a pitcher who has come into some postseason games and been effective. So he's a pitcher that the Mets should certainly be interested in, who can definitely come in and, and fill a need for the Mets. And I think as much as we have faith in what David Peterson did in his rookie year. He's still going to be a sophomore. Going into a season. Where he has to. Pitch against lineups. That suddenly have a year of tape on him. And that's going to be an adjustment. So having a veteran like Rich Hill. In the mix. That's only a positive for this Mets team. Especially if the cost. Is minimal. Rich Hill's last contract was a one year. Three million dollar deal. So you're not talking about shopping at that top tier with Hill. you could probably get him on a pretty team-friendly contract. But you know, even if the Mets don't make any more moves this offseason, their roster is still stacked with talent. And I want to talk about that when it comes to the MLB Network's rankings of top 10 players right now in just a minute. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have 18 amazing flavors including the Caramel Brownie Bar, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and the Apple Almond Crisp. These really are protein bars that taste like candy bars, coming covered in 100% chocolate. Built Bars are soft and easy to chew, and they're also healthy too, as they come low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. If you want to try one of these delicious treats today, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, Get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like your mortgage or food. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same amount of parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything you could want, from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right Locked On in there, How'd You Hear About Us box? So, they know that we sense you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Every year, MLB Network has this running series where they throw players into the shredder and they announce the top 10 players right now at each position. And this year, the Mets were featured very prominently in these lists. In fact, outside of third base, and relief pitcher, the Mets had a player at every single position listed. You had Jacob DeGrom coming in at number 1, the best pitcher in baseball. James McCann, the new catcher, came in at number 10. Pete Alonso at first base came in at number 7. Jeff McNeil came in at number 2. Francisco Lindor came in at number 4. Dominic Smith came in at number 6 in left field. Brandon Nimmo out in center came in at number 5. And Michael Conforto came in at number 7 in right field. And that was the final of these rankings. And looking at all of that, a couple things really stand out. For one, the Robinson no trade still comes up in my head. Because let's just be honest. At times, playing a specific position leads to your perception around the league. Jeff McNeil is a natural second baseman. Came up as a rookie, was outstanding. This is before Brody Van Wagenen was the GM. For some reason, the first move that Brody makes is making a trade to replace Jeff McNeil, and he almost included Jeff McNeil in the trade. Can you imagine if Jeff McNeil and Jared Kelnick were both Mariners? Crazy. But this has, in some ways hurt Jeff McNeil's perception around baseball. He's been moved around, which has been incredibly valuable to the Mets, but he hasn't been able to just be at that one position where people think best second baseman in baseball, obviously it's Jeff McNeil. Now that Cano's been suspended and second base once again is vacated, look at this. Jeff McNeil is the second best second baseman in baseball behind only DJ LeMahieu, who has just been putting up ridiculous numbers with the Yankees. So I look at that and I think, man, imagine if McNeil had been playing second base since his rookie year in 2018. Would he be considered even better than he is right now? Would he be maybe a little bit less underrated? Because people would really know Jeff McNeil and associate him with that position and being the best at that position? I don't know. It's just something to think about. Then you go to shortstop, obviously... Francisco Lindor coming in at number four is, I wouldn't say low, but it's something that can be approved upon. I mean, there's some people that still believe that Francisco Lindor is the best shortstop in baseball. He just had a down season last year, and guys like Trevor Story clearly outperformed him, but Lindor has that high ceiling. And to have a shortstop with that high ceiling, it is a new thing for the Mets that we haven't felt since Jose Reyes was in his prime Back in the late 2000s. Then you go to the outfield. All offseason, I've been talking about George Springer. Can the Mets get him? Can they go out and maybe get Jackie Bradley Jr. now that Springer has signed? Can they make a trade? Could they possibly get a Kevin Kiermeyer? Could they get one of these great center fielders who will help them defensively? There's so many different names we've thrown out there. Albert Amora Jr., I can just go on and on. With all the center fielders that have been talked about. And with all of that noise, the Mets have three outfielders ranked in the top 10. Dominic Smith in left field at number six, and Brennan Nemo in center at number five are there just due to their incredible offensive talents. Because the concerns out in center field don't go away entirely. The Mets are a better team if they can slide Nemo into left and have a Actual, solid, above-average defensive center fielder. That makes them a better overall team, especially if you have a DH where you can slot Dominic Smith back at first base and Pete Alonzo becomes a DH. Still, if this team has to go into opening day with no DH, and this is the lineup they roll out, it's going to be one of the best offensive teams in baseball. There's no doubt about that. The question is going to be, can their pitching and offense overcome some of their defensive deficiencies. Still really exciting to see all these guys get their due. And finally, you have Michael Conforto at number seven. And what's interesting to me is both Conforto and Alonzo come in at number seven. And I group them together as this pair of budding superstars the Mets have right now. Pete Alonzo can be the best slugger in baseball. We got a taste of that in his rookie year where he sets that record hits the 53 home runs, leads the league in RBIs. I mean, his power bat is legit. Michael Conforto is the type of all-around player that can really be an MVP candidate one day if everything broke right. Everything has to break right. He's probably just an all-star, but still. It wouldn't be out of the question for you to look up at the end of the season one year and Michael Conforto is hitting 330 with... 45 home runs, and 130 RBIs. That wouldn't stun me. Just because of how smooth that swing is and the way that he has really cut the holes out of his swing. If he continues to produce the way he did in 2020, again, limitless potential with a Michael Conforto. So to have those two guys as your homegrown leaders, that's something the Mets should be really proud of. And I think the homegrown aspect of this crop of Mets players is always a great foundation, not only to build a winner, but to build a winner that fans get really invested in. You look at that list of eight players that are ranked and six of them are all homegrown. Everybody, but this off season's additions, you have Brandon Nemo, the Mets first round pick in 2011, Dominic Smith, the Mets first round pick in 2013 and Michael Conforto, the Mets first round pick in 2014 with Pete Alonso, the Mets second round pick in 2016, and then the two late round picks that blossom in to superstars that are ranked highest on their respective lists, Jacob DeGrom in the ninth round in 2010, and Jeff McNeil in the 12th round in 2013. All of these players selected during Sandy Alderson's first tenure with the Mets as the GM. Now, These are the core group of homegrown players that are the bedrock for everything the Mets have built going forward. And hopefully that core of players gets to remain together for a long time. And who knows, maybe even one day they win a world series. Anyway, that'll be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. At Finkelstein Ryan, follow the show at Locked on Mets. And if you want to get more of the sports news you need in less time, make sure you check out our new Locked on Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. Locked on Today is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by subscribing to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcasts.